to the Kindled Podcast. I'm your host, Haley Williams. The Kindled Podcast is focused on helping moms use their gifts for God's glory and their good. We'll chat with real women who are learning how to do this very thing as they navigate motherhood, work, and the grace we need for both. This heart-to-heart is always had over a cup of coffee and usually paired with a business pep talk. We hope you'll find practical advice and the encouragement you need to work well and live more. Hello, and welcome to episode two of the Kindled Podcast. Today, I'm talking about identity and why I think it is absolutely central to being able to work well and glorify God. So I'm sure that the topic of identity is not new to you, but if it is, what I mean by identity is what makes you, you. How do you define who you are? Now, this episode is not by any means an exhaustive explanation of what Christian identity is. It is barely going to even scratch the surface, but I think if we can't get in the right headspace about identity, the conversation about work and motherhood and all of that is really going to be fruitless. So to launch into what identity is, let's see what it isn't. Here's a default for me when I think about who I am. I think I'm Haley Williams. I run two businesses. I work from home. I have two kids. I'm married to Joey. I come from a big family and I'm the oldest of five kids. I'm a wife, mother, love to exercise, love coffee, deep conversations. Now, though I know none of these things is really who I am, I often live like it is with the weights and worries of these roles and responsibilities defining my happiness or satisfaction or self-worth. How I'm doing on any one of these platforms often controls my okayness. Maybe you do that too. Maybe you confuse roles and responsibilities with identity and selfhood. What makes you a self? But none of these things is really who I am. And that is something God has been teaching me big time in recent months leading up to launching this podcast. It's actually that lesson that I'm learning is the only reason I was able to confidently say that I can pursue this podcast. And I'll take a swing at it because I know this isn't me. It's not who I am. It's just something I'm doing. So that frees me of the need to find my all or my identity in it, which is really important for me because of the next fact. I am an achiever, and I don't say that as a boast, but as a confession. It's something I know God is working on me in, um, my, and I know that He's changing me. My desire to achieve and do and be everything and all the time can be a strength, um, but also a huge cause for tripping me up. What I know is my real identity, the one that is at my core, the one that can't be touched by what I do or how successful I am or how big I fail is that I'm a daughter of God, chosen, called, bought at a steep price, valued beyond measure, created for good works to bring glory to Him. Now, thankfully, that is something you can do while scrubbing floors on your hands and knees or cleaning poop off the rails of your infant's crib or selling houses as a real estate agent. It is not dependent on what you do for an occupation or work, whether that's paid or not. Glorifying God is a heart posture. Why I think it's important to talk about identity is because I don't think we can really have a conversation of what you should or could do for work or for your passions or interests, what any of us could do, if we are trying to find our identity there. 
it will just not work. The reason it won't work is you will come into this conversation with all of the baggage of what you've tried to do and failed at. And I'll come in with the same and we'll run ourselves ragged in a circle of self-criticism and judgment and it'll just end in a mess. But none of us who lives on this earth is yet in heaven. So we actually do still have to do something with our lives, right? We have to keep being mothers. We have to keep driving carpool. We have to make dinner tonight. So just finding your identity in Christ doesn't mean do nothing and be nothing. I think when we find our identity and worth and value in who he says we are and what he thinks about us in this moment and for eternity, we are completely and totally freed to do and be what he's made us to be. Whether that is a stay-at-home mom, a homeschooling mom, or a corporate executive. If your identity is in Christ and you know that, you can start to think about how he made you, what he gave you in your personality, your natural abilities and interests, your talents and skills, things you're just good at. But the absolute key to having to even having this discussion is that your identity cannot be connected and found in this thing, in what you do. Because guess what, friends, that that thing can go away. Whether it's a physical skill or a business you built, it can disappear in the blink of an eye. And what I've been learning personally and really been being taught by the Lord is that if I am okay outside of the thing I want to do or try or the thing I'm building and striving for, I can do anything. I'm freed to do that which makes me most come alive that which I might be imperfectly suited for. And I say imperfectly because I don't think I'm necessarily perfectly suited for any one thing, but I'm freed to do that thing. Now, I don't think that we're bound to this one thing, whatever it is that might be kind of popping into your your mind right now. I think that we cannot do it and still be happy and have joy, but we are freed to pursue it. So the elephant in the room is what makes me an expert on this? Why am I talking about identity if this podcast is going to be about work and gifts and moms and all that? Well, you can probably guess I have struggled with this big time. We are small group leaders at our church, and our church recently had a leadership summit where they had everyone take the Enneagram test ahead of time. And if you haven't heard of the Enneagram, it's this 200-question test where it basically is how you perceive and process and present yourself to the world. And so it gives you a number between one and nine, and you can be on varying degrees of that number, and you can be more than one number. So it's not just, you know, a one size fits all type thing, but it's really, really accurate, I found. So they had everyone take this test, and the speakers they had come and talk to us were Jim Cofield and Richard Plass, um, the authors of The Relational Soul, which I have not read yet, but it is on my shelf waiting to be read. And it turns out I'm a three on the Enneagram. And that number isn't really important except to help you understand how you perceive the world, like I said, and then present yourself to the world in light of it. I learned more about my personality and how I think from that weekend than I have in 10 years of just being alive and living my life. Um, And it's so interesting and was definitely the most accurate test, test that I've ever taken in terms of understanding myself. And that weekend with my church was very life-changing for me. In fact, rather than tell you what led me to a place of um, realizing my identity was in the wrong thing, I'll just read you the description of a three because it is exactly what I would say of myself. No matter how success is defined, threes will try to become somebody noteworthy in their family and community. 
they will not be a nobody. The problem is that in a headlong rush to achieve whatever they believe will make them more valuable, threes can become so alienated from themselves that they no longer know what they truly want or what their real feelings or interests are. In this state, they are easy prey to self-deception, deceit, and falseness of all kinds. Thus, the deeper problem is that their search for a way to be of value increasingly takes them further away from their own essential self with its core of real value. Wow. So this is why in the first episode, I said I'm holding this podcast with an open hand because I know that my tendency is to go away from what I truly value and do what I think will make me useful or valuable to other people, living into what other people want or what they expect. And I don't want to do that this time. So I don't share this to say, woe is me, I'm so terrible or lost because I do know who I am in Christ. But when I read those words, I was so convicted of pervasive attitudes and thought patterns that I have have and totally have fallen prey to. I had begun to do what I was doing out of concern for my image or what others would think of me or what I wanted them to think. I wasn't making decisions on, you know, what to do next with my life or career, asking, is this a gift God has given me and am I choosing to steward it and use it for his glory? But I was deciding out of what will they think if I say no or quit or give this up? Like I said, that weekend was very life-changing and soul-altering for me because it totally explained why I had been feeling so distant from my core for so long, why I was working for somebody else's dream and not even my own. That weekend also enabled me to even consider how I could live into my gifts more, hence this podcast. So I realized that there was this hole or opportunity for me to live bigger, to step out in a more profound and real way, and to share my struggle and story with others and be vulnerable, which is basically my love language. It's so funny because I know that that is not the love language of most people, but I truly think that I am just one of those open books that needs to share in order to even feel loved. It gives me joy to develop myself and contribute my ability to the world, to motivate others to greater personal achievements than they thought they were capable of. And when I read the descriptions of of just my personality in that Enneagram test, it was like a light bulb went on that said, duh, of course I love that. I do that with my close friends all the time. So that hit me really hard and just made me realize that, yeah, that's what I want to be doing more of. I want to be giving of myself in a way that offers the best that I have and the most real version of me to others in exchange for their vulnerability and trust. I want to talk to moms who are struggling, moms who are living that daily grind, moms who desperately love their children but also feel a desire to discover what other things they were made to do, moms who want to kindle and encourage that small flame that ignited in them when they sold their first piece on Etsy or when they organized a friend's closet and got paid to do it or helped a friend with accounting or budgeting or even building websites like I do. I mean, really, there is just not one right way to do this. And I want to open up the floodgates of moms who would like to come in and say, hi, I'm here doing it this way. I need grace and the help of Jesus 1 million times every day. And he's showing up for me. You're not alone. Because I know it's hard. 
I battle my to-do list every day and continually have to lay it down and see the tiny faces in front of me who need me and were given to me by him and say they are more important. They are my greatest investment. But I can also somehow at the same time pursue and respond and answer to this deep desire and call that Jesus has put in my heart to love and come alongside women just like me. I can do both. I don't have to choose. And maybe it's so much harder that way, but I have never been one to take the easy road. If we lived from that place of knowing whose we are and thereby being able to risk it, being able to pour our heart and soul into something to see if it catches, even when it might not pan out, I think we could be freed into exploring and pursuing all the nuances of our personality and humanness that God gave us. We are free to pursue our gifts for God's glory and our good. And this, for me, is where the fun really starts to happen. Maybe you're a fun-fearing workaholic like me, and you think that work should be miserable to be productive, but it's really supposed to be fun. I'm just at this early stage of gaining a vision and understanding into what it is like to not be burdened by what others think of my work. And gosh, if I can be honest, I have lived so many years burdened by that weight. How do I appear? Am I good enough? Am I what they expect? Are they disappointed? Am I falling short? What will they think if I fail? What will I think if I fail? You see, because the only one who matters here has called us good, and we're free to pursue our interests and loves and passions for the glory of God. Psalm 46.5 says, There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at the break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. What I love about this verse that you will find plastered on canvases at Hobby Lobby, totally out of context, is that the focus here is on the Lord. The reason the city will not fall is not because she's amazing or strong or capable or competent or because everyone loves her. And I'm also talking about you here. It's not because she's winning or has a servant's heart or works her fingers to the bone till they're bleeding. It's not actually got anything at all to do with her. It is he who is within her. He is her portion, her identity, her makeup, and her motivation. His glory can take the stage when she realizes she no longer has to perform or play to the crowd. She is freed to live and to live fully. And I hope you believe me when I say I need this message now and every freaking minute as much as you do. I need to preach this truth and this gospel message to my own heart every day. So as we wrap episode number two, I want you to consider talking to the Lord about a couple things. Is God inviting you into something new? Is he nudging your heart to move or risk or consider another possibility? Ask if that prompting or urge you feel deep in your gut may be the Holy Spirit. Ask him if this is an area of your life and heart he wants to water and bring into season and bring into bloom. Thank you so much for joining me on this first episode, and I'm so excited for what's ahead, which does anyone have the roadmap? Because I don't, but I am excited to learn and grow through this process, and I'm holding it with an open hand as I continue to receive confirmation and inspiration from him that this is where I should be and what I should be doing. 
Thank you so much for joining me on the second episode of Kindled. 